0: Hey, friends, it's Eric here. Thanks for listening to the Building Us podcast. Hey, I want to invite you to follow me on my new show, Stuff About Money They Didn't Teach You in School, where I take a deeper dive into money and financial topics. You can find it wherever you listen to your podcast, Stuff About Money They Didn't Teach You in School. I hope to see you there.
1: I do think that marriage is not a straitjacket, but it does come with some constraints that will lead to a greater sense of freedom and joy. Secondly, I do think marriage should be an adventure. I think there should be excitement in the marriage. There should be these shared memories created. There should be plans for the future together. Mountain climbing is adventurous. But what are the metaphorical mountains in life that we're going to climb together? With? And in that way, the adventure of marriage should continually be inspirational. That I should find inspiration for both my own marriage and from my spouse.
0: Welcome back to the Building Us podcast. I am Eric Garcia, Certified Financial Planner, Financial Advisor. As always, I am joined here by my co-host, the one and only, like literally there's only one of him, Dr. Matt Morris. What's up, Matt?
1: Hey, my man, you one and only Eric Garcia. I know that there are more Eric Garcias because I've tried to look you up on Facebook and there are several, but you're the dude. one, one and only in my life.
0: There's, I oh, appreciate that, man. There's a dude, Eric Garcia spells it the same way I do. And he owns the URL, ericgarcia.com and he's a photographer. Um, and every now and then I see if he's still in business because I want to buy that URL. That's not it,
1: you it, but, though, right? That's not me. you. Yeah. I am
0: not a photographer. I am well, not a doing well, thanks
1: man. All
0: right, man. So um, on the Building Us podcast, we talk about relationships, right? You and I, obviously, we both believe in, in relationships are an important part of of, of life. There's actually a… Um, critical. Critically important. Critical. Yeah. There was a study from Harvard that said, happiness and health aren't a result of wealth, fame, or working hard, but come instead from our relationships. And being in a stable relationship is linked to both physical and mental health benefits. I know that you and I um, both believe that strongly. In our last episode, you um, we, we kind of had a challenge to each other where we each got to pick a topic. And you uh, asked me a question in the last episode. And the question was,
1: why is saving money
0: so hard? And in this episode, I get to ask you a question, and we mm. teased our listeners. We told them the question was, is marriage a straitjacket? That's my question for you. Before we get in it, All right. do me a favor and tell us a little bit about our um, medium miniseries that we're going to kick off 2021 with.
1: Yeah, so next year, beginning of next year, 2021, we are starting a, a series that we're calling the next normal—it's not the new normal. You know, 2020 sucked; it was not great. The next normal, 2021, is where we all get to re uh, restate, reaffirm our our place in our lives in our year, and and take hold of our decisions again. And and we we explore that in this series, the next normal. Where it's all about your health. Your your finances, your business, your spirit, your family, all of that stuff. The next normal.
0: Well, we got some really uh, uh, top shelf guests coming on for that, so I'm excited about that. So, well, let's get into this one. Is marriage a straitjacket? In our last episode, I mentioned how you wanted to learn Spanish. Mm. You still want to learn Spanish, right? Yes. All right. This is gonna be our our lesson numero uno. All right. So, spouse in Spanish is a esposa. You want to say esposa, it? Esposa, esposa. There you go. Handcuffs in Spanish is esposas. Oh, say it,
1: esposas.
0: Yeah. In English, we use the same word "spouse" to refer to our married partner. The words come from the same uh, Latin root "spondere," meaning to bind. So, in Spanish, the word for spouse and handcuffs are the same word. What's your takeaway from wow. this?
1: Wow, me esposas, me es esposas. Uh-huh. Wow. Muy your wife. Muy your interesante. Yeah, that's very, uh-huh. very interesting. Um, wow, that is.
0: Did I stump the doctor?
1: That's just uh, linguistically very interesting. That, I mean, you're not t- just talking about Spanish, you're talking about a Spanish root or a Latin root. So, I mean, this uh-huh. is probably in other. Romance language is also this concept of uh, your your marital partner and and binding or handcuffing or restraining something like that is built into the language. That's very interesting.
0: Yeah, even our our uh, the uh, comment or the the saying to tie the knot. It's a Celtic tradition that comes like literally mm. like it would bind uh, the the mm. two together with with straps, bind them by their wrists
1: yeah it reminds me of the the English word wedlock.
0: Hmm. What's like, that one? What's the etymology of that one?
1: I don't know, but I mean, it's used, you know, even just thinking about the word wedlock, we, we only we typically use it only negatively or pejoratively, so it's like, oh there, look at that. That's happening out of wedlock. Nobody ever goes, uh-huh. "Hey, guess what, guys? I'm getting wedlocked." or uh-huh. uh, I'm having a baby in wedlock." I'm having a baby and it's in wedlock now or, um, interesting or welcome to, you know, here's my, did you get my wedlock invitation? It's next September.
0: At <laughs> a friend. We also think of like the ball and chain analogy, right? Um, you hear people getting married and it's like, Oh, dude, it's your last night of freedom. It's your last night of freedom. You better, you better live it up. When, um, a friend of mine got married years ago, we, uh, we literally, uh, sh- chained him to a bowling ball. And made him walk around the French Quarter, <laughs> carrying. went to dinner. The old bowling chain, while chained to a bowling ball. Yeah. Oh wow. We kind of laugh at, about all this, but man, where like, is is marriage a straitjacket? So what I did was, I'm asking you this, but I also took the liberty to uh, perform a little bit of um, highly sophisticated academic research that I want to share with you. Okay and um, as a result of that we're gonna i'm introducing a new segment here just for the show and it's called what's the doc say about that All right so, so
1: went, what, and that means me right what do i say about this okay yeah,
0: so what's the doc say about that so i went uh, out and did some research and and kind of got some feedback from um from
1: facebook highly scientific
0: highly scientific it's academic um real people okay there's real people and what they said about this question is marriage a straitjacket? So I'm going to read them to you, one by one, and I'll get your thoughts on it. All right. So number one, is marriage a straitjacket? It might put you in a straitjacket. What's the doc say about that? Hmm.
1: Meaning it might drive you crazy. I guess is the, the kind of punchline there.
0: I, I think it, that's the punchline. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I yeah I, I agree. I think that uh, love and marriage are uh, at times crazy making and at times gloriously beautiful and, and getting experiencing both is, is part of being marriage or part of being married. Um, Yeah. Part of wedlock. I I think that there is a crazy aspect to love drives us crazy. Oh
0: yeah. In fact, someone else said marriage. So, well this, this is actually kind of the opposite uh, they said marriage so far has kept me out of the loony bin. Mm, Not mm-hmm. to say that there aren't times where we drive each other crazy. And by we I mean it's his fault. I'm always right.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think um there is a protective element to a healthy marriage that does enhance our life, that um does bring health and and wholeness and and protection and security and a layer, a layer of judgment to our life that, i mean uh, you know not not judgment in the sense of i'm judging your behavior but better judgment to our life it, w- it makes us better people
0: okay we're, we're going to come back to that idea all right here, here's another one this is good some people's idea of marriage is a straitjacket in my marriage i've learned to let my wife be her and love her for it she does the same with me we don't try to change each other or force each other to be someone or something
1: we're not Hmm,
0: yeah. What's Doc say about that?
1: I think that's a very mature way of looking at relationships is that if you if you go into the relationship trying to change the other person, it almost always backfires. But if you accept them the way that they are, they're much more likely to grow and change. That there there, there is a relationship between acceptance and change or acceptance and growth. And most of us don't want to stay the same or don't want to stay the the, uh, the the people that we were on year one of our marriage. We do want to grow. But when, when our partner tries to require that of us or force that, we, we almost always reject it. Once we feel like we're OK in their eyes and we're accepted in their eyes, then we do want to be better. So it, it's a it's a both and thing. So I think the the, the statement there is there's a, there's a lot of maturity to that.
0: Yeah. Also, when I read it, it seems like there's also a, a, and I think this is the challenge, almost like a shared maturity on both sides, mm-hmm. almost like a commitment on, on uh, an equal, uh, an equal yoke, if you will, on on both sides. There. Um, when I read that.
1: Okay. One other thing I would say about that is it, it, I think you said um, I've tried to accept my wife the way that she is and love her. I've tried to accept her, meaning there's almost an implicit acknowledgement though, that we go into marriage with, with some expectations that probably aren't stated, some unstated contractual agreements, like Hmm. I'll marry you, I'll get into wedlock with you, but I'm expecting that you change in these ways. Yeah. And those things aren't spelled out at the altar. They're not We really don't reveal those except for over time, they drip out of us day to day in trying to live with our spouse.
0: And I would say we don't even know what those
1: things are. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we don't. Um, But it sounds like what this person is saying is that I'm now at the point where I'm just trying to love them as they are, accept them as they are.
0: Cool. Okay. We'll we'll get into that one a little more later. I like this one. They used um they used modern day hieroglyphics in this one. Um and I'm going to try to to read that into uh, the verbal of it. It says, "Sometimes straight jackets straight jackets in the proper context are helpful tools." Shoulder shrug emoji. Oh, this modern are day helpful, are helpful tools? <laughs> helpful um, tools. Shoulder shrug. So straight jackets in the proper context okay. are helpful tools. Hmm.
1: So they're saying sometimes, uh, so into your question is marriage a straight jacket? They're saying sometimes and straight jackets could be helpful tools. Yeah. Um, working in mental health, I've never actually seen anybody in a straight jacket and I've worked in in inpatient inpatient settings. I have seen people in restraints though. I've seen people who are so out of their mind or so, um, out of touch with reality that they are going to hurt themselves or others and need to be restrained. And I I can imagine um, periods of of time or brief moments in my own marriage, for instance, where I, I am so hot headed about something or so upset about something or so moved by something. And my wife being like, eh, maybe now's not the best time to try to deal with that. Maybe you, you should take a break or, you know, so it's not a straitjacket, but it is, it's the marriage saying, "Let's try to contain that before it gets worse."
0: Yeah, I, I kind of read it similar, slightly different, where um, certain type of restrictions or rules or limitations that we that we voluntarily accept or put on ourselves are actually healthier and good for us. Sometimes mm-hmm. that's kind of how I read into that one. Yeah, and I'm shoulder um, shrug emojiing right now
1: some restraints are useful necessary helpful oh, cool cool a couple more then we'll get into the meat of this
0: um here we go this is a good one a good marriage will cause you to think of another person before acting and want to be a better person finding your person can make you change your self-serving ways uh, that the sounds right that?
1: yeah that sounds right I think that um it it certainly fits with my theme that marriage reveals our selfishness that there's nothing like marriage to reveal our selfishness and that being married to the right person will still reveal your selfishness but you'll be then motivated to to grow through that and and out of that and change that in some way so that you are we focused and not just me focused you are us focused um it doesn't mean that you disappear as a person. It doesn't mean that you still don't have your own needs and goals and aspirations, but they are put into the context of what are our needs and goals and aspirations as well. Um, and so hopefully marriage knocks kind of the edges off of our own selfishness to some extent.
0: Hmm, that's good. So that one, finding your "quote unquote," there's, I'm doing air quotes right now because there's quotes around person, kind of ties into this other one, which is going to lead to a follow up question for me. But this is what they said: I think if it's like a straight jacket, you're in the wrong marriage.
1: Yeah, I think if um, if it is like a straight jacket from the movies, like that Hannibal Lecter kind of straight jacket thing. Uh, <laughs> That doesn't like, look like, that. that's not the that's image not that idea. comes up for me when I think about a healthy marriage. A marriage should be a straitjacket, like Hannibal no, Lecter.
0: Or like figurative straitjacket. We're not like literally, like if you're in a straitjacket, then get out of that marriage, obviously. <laughs> but like figuratively, Matt. No Hannibal Lecter here.
1: Right. Um, but if you're thinking about straitjacket in terms of restrictions, restraints, um, limits... That, those aren't that. That's not the, necessarily the kind of marriage you want to jump out of. Yeah, Mar- marriage doesn't mean you can keep doing whatever you want for the rest of your life. Yeah. So, so if if that's your definition of a straitjacket, then maybe your your expectations about marriage need to change.
0: I, maybe you shouldn't get married. It's a good one. And this this final statement, which is going to lead into kind of my first question. That I have for you that i want to discuss a little bit meatier um is marriage is amazing when it's done right yeah i agree i love that marriage is amazing, amazing I,
1: I, I, when done right i
0: think of marriage you know i think of my marriage i'm going on 20 years um 2021 it'll be 20 years all right congratulate you and your wife are 2021 20,
1: 2021 20. We, yeah, as of right now, we've been married 20 years and six months. Okay. So, um, obviously, um. Obviously we got married very, very young, as you can tell, looking at me, we got married very young. Ish. -ish. (laughs)
0: Young-ish. Young-ish. So, for me you we talked about marriage kind of revealing your selfishness and you said there's nothing else that does that i i, I will say maybe having kids parenting <laughs> is right is a, is a very close second or maybe a tie for first in terms of revealing um, your selfishness but this idea of marriage when it's done right is amazing and i can say kind of my experience in being married is the woman who um, absolutely adore and absolutely love and has the ability to to uh, make me feel the happiest and the most joy inside has also the ability to evoke the complete opposite reactions and that crazy feeling that that we talked about earlier and, and that's the the the, uh, the beautiful thing about marriage is that yeah. you know there's this commitment that two people make to each other to accept them each other and to love each other kind of unconditionally right we make a you two people come together they make a commitment they exchange rings right what symbolizes this eternal unending love for each other we exchange uh, vows we pledge to be there for like ever for each other regardless of what happens um we uh we're, we're kind of voluntarily limiting ourselves we're voluntarily mm. making a commitment yeah so we're voluntarily and acknowledging to a certain degree that we are losing some form of independence why would someone do that
1: well before i answer that just to kind of add to your point there i mean i think if uh, any of us who are married any listeners who are married go back and read your vows and read them through this context, through this lens of, are they limiting? Are they restricting? Are they a straightjack? Am I signing up for some, some limitation? And I think that you'll find that in most of our vows, we are, we are, we are pledging uh, a long-term, if not lifetime commitment of limiting, of limiting in some ways. Um, And then to your, your question, why would anyone do that? That is a that is a great question. Uh, it truly a great question, and truly fundamental. It seems to to who we are as people that we have a deep, deep desire to couple. I mean, that is throughout history, across cultures. Doesn't matter who you are, what kind of womb you came out of, when you were born. We 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 have this deep desire to couple. We have a deep desire to find someone else. And uh, science, philosophy, psychology, religion, all have taken stabs at why that is, trying to explain that. But I think a we we need a partner to go through life with. Let me say that more grammatically correct we need a partner with whom to go through life. And, and secondly, um, we, we crave to create both love and family. And the relationship that is like marriage gives us the best opportunity to do that.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I think of this idea of commitment. I think of the, um, comment about um kind of moving away from the straight jacket language because uh, it, it does it does sound it is so pejorative and, and it creates this negative uh, picture of merit but the idea is i would say more of restriction and more limiting right we limit mm-hmm. um ourselves i am committing to my wife i'm pledging my love to my wife l- l- let's talk about love for a second like just this idea of, of love, you know, you hear people say, well, love's an emotion Oh no love's a, an action. It's a commitment. Um, kind of in the, in the, the notion of love, there is a, uh, almost a, a loss of independence. Mm. What do you, what do you think about that?
1: Well, I think that marital love is made up of different strands woven together. And so, if you think about marital love as being a braid, and you were to separate that braid, you would see that there is this aspect of marital love that is is very emotion-filled, and it's very it, you know it, it could be described as passion. It's the passion. It's the attraction. It's the uh, the, the the feeling or urge of desire for each other. Um, I want to be near you. It's 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 compelling. It's driving. Is that one restraining? Less so. Well, I mean, it's just it's 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 compelling more than restraining. There's also the the thread the strand of marital love that is affinity. I like you. You're interesting. I want to do things with you. I, we share common interests. We share common uh, values. I, I think you're cool, and I want to spend time with you. Is that one restraining? Not not really. That one is in some way. Freeing—it's—I want to be with you, but then there's this third strand that you're alluding to—that is commitment. It's love as commitment. It's a decision to stand by you, with you, and hold your hand, and 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 help you through things, and and allow you to help me through things. That is much more an aspect of the will than it is an emotion, and that one is more restraining just like parenting is i mean is when i have a when i have a child i am making a commitment to them that i'm going to provide for them and take care of them is that restraining sure is it limits things i can do and how i can use my resources so there there is in that sense an aspect of restraint to marital love but i don't want to categorize all of marital love as restraining there's a lot of freedom, fun, and enjoyment in marital love as well.
0: I think in a kind of odd kind of way that, I, I'm thinking about this from a parent, you talked about parenting. and I'm thinking of this from like a parenting perspective. And, and something that we've talked about is kids thrive with certain limits. They thrive with rules. They, they thrive in schedule. Right when, when, when kids have a schedule, they tend to thrive. And a schedule, by definition, a schedule by definition is, I guess, um, restricting. Right? Because if I'm supposed to be doing this at this time, it's restricting me from doing something else. So is that the same? Does that kind of hold water? Like thinking about marriage, if I am keeping myself to some constraint, yeah, a commitment, yeah, self sacrifice. I mean,
1: literally when you for most marriages most marriages are monogamous um and so when you're saying yes to your spouse you're saying no to every other potential spouse so it opportunity is cost. Yeah, opportunity cost. yeah opportunity cost. with every yes you're saying no to a whole bunch of other things yeah um and so in that way certainly it, it is restricting um also just You know, when you commit yourself to a person that is going to limit your ability to commit yourself and be present for other people, which is, 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 is a strong desire, a strong reason for the desire to couple is that we all want our person who's going to be there with us through tough times. It does really seem like we're not meant to walk through life alone. We can do it days and we can do it weeks and we can do it months, but there'll come days where we need to hold a hand. And, and so part of coupling is finding that hand to hold, but that does mean you're not going to be able to hold every other hand also. So there's that restraint part of it too, but then kind of, as you were discussing about like schedules, schedules are very helpful, very useful, very um, they give us the ability to accomplish more and they're also restraining. So um, in the restriction, We find even more ability and freedom, which is very paradoxical, but super interesting. Yeah.
0: It is. Is there, is there like a, um, I just kind of think of like in the development of, of humans, um, you know, we're young and then we get a little bit older and a little bit more mature. Do you find that like there's a, there's a time where we're able to like, that becomes more, we're able to grasp that paradox of this voluntary, uh, action of, of commitment and self-sacrifice to love someone else and to be loved by someone else. Is that something that you find that people start to understand at, at different developmental stages? Uh, just,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, early on, like a, a newborn baby is not thinking about your needs at all. They're thinking about their needs. Uh, a toddler is thinking about primarily their needs. Once in a while, a toddler surprises you and does something for you that's really nice. But most of the time, they're looking out for their own needs. And then you continue to see that as children age, uh, they'll get more and more altruistic and, and sort of other-focused. There's an awareness that uh, there's me, and there's an awareness that there's you, and there's a you outside of me, and that you have needs also. And then by the time we're in adolescence, we really start thinking about attracting the other But oftentimes that's still focused on me. Like I want a girlfriend or I want a boyfriend so that I can get my need met, my desire met. And so then early, early adulthood meaning early twenties, um, that's, that's starting now to shift toward being, being more other focused. And, and so that, that whole like maturity of, um, figuring out the balance of putting me first, then putting you first and putting us first and putting me first, all of that balance uh, gets worked out into adulthood.
0: So one of, one of, um, one of my respondents to my uh, uh, survey, your said, scientific Facebook query, highly scientific, um, said that it is in marriage that they were free to become their true self mm. is is, that an experience, that seems like a kind of a mature statement as well. Do you, do you find that, is that your experience with couples that they experience that kind of that liberty to be themselves in a committed relationship that for me to become who I am meant to be, I have to limit myself in some capacity in the marriage relationship is, is something along those lines.
1: For sure. And I, I don't think that everybody in marriage experiences that or experiences that to the fullest. But I, I I think that there are many, many marriages out there. And I I don't mean to say that if you if you don't experience that, you're in a bad marriage or um um or, or something like that. I don't mean to say that. I'm just saying I've heard from many couples that it is in their marriage where their their full and truest and best identity emerges and and gets lived out. I'm I'm a better version of Matt, married, than I was single. I'm not always a better version of Matt married, mm-hmm. but marriage gives me.
0: Does your wife remind given, you of
1: that? <laughs> from time to time, <laughs> Mar-
0: marriage marriage has given me the.
1: My uh, my handcuffs. I'm yeah. gonna call her that today. Hey, hey handcuffs. We know um, how it goes. <laughs> that, that is, but my marriage has definitely given me both like the stability to be a better person, uh, and I'll come back to that. But the stability to be a better person, um, the the place to try out being a better person. Um, uh, the when I mess up, a place to get feedback about that and be held accountable about that and, and be, and then also be encouraged to try again. All that's in marriage. I would say, and I would say more broadly, all that's in relationship. I mean, we're talking about marriage is a relationship that is constraining, but friendship is also a relationship that's constraining. That's not relationships in general are constraining that if I'm in a relationship with my pet, there are some constraints there. I got to feed that thing. I got to walk it. I got all that stuff. There are constraints there within so, the relationship.
0: Does does, you, does your pet make you a better version of you?
1: Uh, my pet, you know, pets are bring out the empathy in us in a lot of ways. So yeah, pets, I think pets do uh, make us better. Yeah, I do
0: want to make a quick statement. We're talking about marriage and obviously both you and I, we, we, we hold uh, marriage in high regard. Uh, and we're talking about becoming our, our better versions of us. I don't, I, I just want to say this, especially for my friends who are not married. And I know some people who've decided not to get married. Like, I don't, I don't think that you have to be in a marriage relationship to become the better version of you. Um, but I think as you just pointed out, uh, the importance of relationships, obviously I'm married, you're married. We have, you and I have a, have a, have a, have a longstanding friendship where I, I, I can honestly say I'm a better version of me because of our friendship.
1: Well, thank you, man.
0: You're, you're welcome. You're welcome, Matt. Not always the better version of me, but I appreciate that.
1: I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I feel the same way. So you're saying, but you're saying though that the relationship itself has this function of, of changing us, of softening us, of, of challenging us, of like refining us
0: relationships
1: yeah. have that function
0: that's interesting you talk about refining and, and you think of like the idea of like refining metal or gold and it's done through like Scra- intense scraping yeah scraping and intense heat as well yeah right? especially gold like to, to get pure gold for gold to be its best version of itself it needs to be um heated a lot yeah. it, a lot needs to be burned off so um yeah, maybe we do need to commit ourselves and confine ourselves to a certain degree in a relationship to become um or say no to something to become the better version of us.
1: Yeah, I, I think that um there is a function of relationships and marriage in particular that as I would say it has a people making making function that I enter the, the relationship as one version of myself but within the process of being married and being in that relationship and being that committed partner I become an even different hopefully better version of myself and so it has the it has this transformative function into making us better
0: yeah and I, I keep you know we keep we keep, ta- we keep talking about limitations and restrictions and I kind of feel compelled that we we Maybe name some of those and put some like real practical, um, put, put this, you know, what does that actually look like? And I'm thinking in my own marriage, like what are, what are the restrictions that I put on myself? The obvious one that I think everyone's thinking is like, okay, you're married to one person. You can't, you you're, you can't date anymore. That's the obvious one.
1: Meaning you can't have other romantic partners. True. That's right other sexual partners but other romantic partners as well you're you can have friendships but you can't have other romantic partners
0: yep so that's one limitation i'm thinking maybe um like limiting how i use resources like right. my like money yeah right there. Uh, they, we all we there.
1: all are we all succumb to uh scarce resources and so marriage or or any kind of really really committed relationship limits how we allocate those resources.
0: Yeah. I want to spend our money on this. You want to spend your money on that. There's some type of restriction or some type of boundary that you're going to have to both agree to, mm-hmm. to be able to, to do it together. We think of time. That was, that was mm-hmm. probably the big, the hardest one for me was restriction on time. And then you throw kids in the mix. It becomes even harder. You become very, mm-hmm. time becomes scarce and you can no longer do the things that you my, once did.
1: My time, free time all get repurposed into yeah. your time, wow. our time, family time.
0: Yeah. So, so we think about those types of, of, of limitation. That's like, I think that's kind of what we're talking about when we're you talking know, about limitations and resources. This, this is
1: refreshing. not to brag, but this is to give an example of what you're talking about. I, I enjoy or used to enjoy playing golf, but as my, as I, as I had kids and then my kids started to get older, I just really felt like, it wasn't a good idea for me to go spend four hours or five hours at the golf course when my family probably needed that time more. Um, and I had a mentor at the time that's, you know, suggested that, Hey, maybe you don't need to do that right now. Or maybe for a time, this season of your life that pauses and eventually golf returns to your life at some point, but maybe not now. And I, I remember thinking, you know, I, I have the right to have this time to go play golf and i could i could argue that and convince my family my spouse that that i'm right about that i do have that right i'm an individual person i have the autonomy to make some decisions and and to allocate my time but because i'm committed to my spouse and because i'm committed to my family i felt like that was a a, a limitation that i should impose upon myself mm-hmm. and not spend my time that way and that's a restraint
0: yeah if you go back to the original um quote that i read earlier about happiness and health aren't a result of wealth fame or working hard but come instead from our relationships and we talk about this idea of we're investing in our relationships there Mm -hmm. There, there's a cost to build strong relationships i think what you just uh, stated there about giving up golf that's a cost that was a cost a restriction that you voluntarily took on and as a result um I'm going to guess maybe you experienced some some new joy or some different type of joy and some different type of 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 freedom because of that love for your family.
1: Yeah, well, I don't know about all that, man, but getting rid of getting just getting deep. rid of the golf aggravation, <laughs> removing the aggravation that comes from golf anyway. Oh, uh, so shall- felt like more joy. And then spending, obviously spending time with my family is joyful. It's not always joyful though. And, and I think that we, we can acknowledge that, that, um, that's the commitment part of marital love is that sometimes we're doing things, even if we're not feeling that affinity, even if we're not feeling that passion, we're still doing it because we're committed. It's, it's the right thing to do at the right time for our family. I want to tell a quick story about how marriage is both constraining and liberating paradoxically at the same time. I um, went through, you know, this, this period of the year in New Orleans or in Southeast Louisiana, uh, the fall, the winter includes a lot of hunting seasons here. And so uh, I counsel a lot of couples where they complain about generally the husband going hunting so much, he's gone every weekend or whatever. And the husband is generally complaining that, She's complaining about my hunting. So I was hearing this. I hear this a lot in the fall in lots of different sessions. I grew up in a hunting family. Um, most of the men in my family hunted. So one, one Christmas I was spending uh, some time with my my grandparents. My, my granddad was an avid hunter. And so I just said to my grandparents, hey, hey guys, uh, how did y'all handle this hunting thing? I, I see that this causes a lot of conflict for couples how did it, how did it work itself out for you all? I know granddad, I know you went hunting a lot. Grandma, how did that go? Grandmother, how did it go? And she said, well, you know, I, I love spending time with your your grandfather and I, I would prefer him home, but I love him. And I know that this is something he enjoys and I know that this is something that brings him relaxation and, and, stress relief and camaraderie with his friends and overall health. It's better for him to go hunting because of the benefits of it. It was, you know, she said, I liked uh, the produce of it too. I liked the meat. It was good for our family. It's how we ate a lot of times. So I valued it in that way, but I also just valued like how it affected his mental health. It was good for him. So she said, you know, in, in, in essence, she's saying I'm making the choice though that I'd rather have him home uh, I can, I can limit my own need to allow him to, to go do this thing. And then granddad looked at me and he goes, and you know what? I always came home a day early. I never stayed as long as I, as long as I planned to stay. Cause I knew that she would appreciate me coming back home. Oh. And I was like, man, y'all got it. That's it. It's like, there's, there's freedom and limitation all in that story. They both find it. They yeah. both experience it. In, in limiting themselves for each other, they both find freedom. It's, it's beautiful.
0: Yeah, I would say healthy, healthy love relationships involve a mutual, unselfish service to each other and the mutual loss of independence for each other. They were both giving something up.
1: It, the 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 healthiest or the best marriages, it does seem like not not always, and I'm not saying not every day, but kind of characteristically, is I trust that my need will be met through you, mm-hmm. and not by me meeting it myself. Like if I lay down the need, you'll pick it back up, and if you lay down your need, I'll pick it up, and somehow together synchronistically we'll meet each other's needs together
0: it's almost like i'll experience a deeper and greater intimacy if i make the conscious decision to give up something or sacrifice something making myself vulnerable i'll i'll, I'll reach a i can also get hurt i mean you see this all the time you see people who, who yeah disappointed who yeah really hurt get disappointed um, but when it's returned, there's this greater level of intimacy and and um, and connection, I guess. And you can only experience it if you're willing to to sacrifice.
1: Yeah, people uh, talk about that with pets, for instance. I mean, I think that there's a, a an understanding that when you're taking care of a pet, it's not going to be mutual. that that the pet's not going to take care of you in the same ways that you take care of the pet. But in return, you end up finding this greater joy. People talk about this commonly with parenting and having kids. You know, going into it, that that little baby's not going to take care of you, not going to feed you, not going to cook you dinner, not going to pay your bills. You know, it's going to be a one way street for a long time. And yet, what they give back to you is so valuable that, I mean, parents are transformed by the act of parenting. Same thing happened to marriage. We just don't, we don't, we may not go into it looking at it that way. Um, but the same thing happens is if I work to meet your needs and trust that you're working to meet my needs, something almost, almost, metaphysical or spiritual happens where this greater intimacy occurs and kind of in the context of our discussion today, greater freedom.
0: So what
1: happens
0: when it doesn't, when you don't experience that greater intimacy that you are sacrificing and the other doesn't? And we talked about, you know, we talked about marriage being hard.
1: Yeah, I mean that happens in all marriages, and that happens in healthy marriages. And um, the 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 healthy marriages don't avoid that all the time. That what they do is they they recognize that it's happening, and they work on it, and they try to try to repair it and adjust it in some way. Unhealthy marriages uh, either don't really recognize that it's happening, or or recognize it too late or persist in it despite recognizing it. That's that's really the difference. It's not that you avoid the crap, it's that you fix it sooner.
0: Yeah. I have noticed in our in our marriage, um things, you know, arguments between us or disagreements between us are typically reconciled a whole lot faster than mm. when we were first married.
1: Good. Yeah. Yeah, so so healthy marriages don't avoid the injury, they just repair the injury much sooner. Are you suspicious? And then, and then work, work to avoid injuring again.
0: Yeah. By maybe, um, growing, letting maturing, him changing, but maybe letting him hunt, letting him play golf, letting him Not play golf. golf. Yeah. Um, do, do you, um, oh man, I was gonna ask a question and, and you threw me threw off, you with, off with hunting and, uh,
1: um, with golfing. You, you kind of asked, um, a question about, um, what if it's not all, what if marriage is not all of these things? I want to shift it a little bit to, if it's okay. Yeah. To what I think marriage should be beyond a straight jacket. Yeah. That's if that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go for it. So, I mean, I describe marriage in lots of different ways and I think that Throughout our friendship, you've probably heard me talk about marriage in lots of different ways. I think if you were one of my clients, you've heard me talk about marriage in lots of different ways. I don't have a standard speech about what marriage should be. And for me, I I try to, I'm always developing my concept of love and marriage. Um, I think about it a lot. Um, so what I'm going to say today is my version of the speech today, uh, but maybe different in several podcasts from now. How about that?
0: All right. So everyone listen up. This is, this is going to be gold right here. This is free, free Dr. Matt therapy. I'm going to sit back and just listen.
1: Nah, nice, nice setup. It's like, uh, I got to deliver now. So
0: we'll get, get a cup of
1: coffee. Hold on. <laughs> I do think that, um, marriage is not not a straitjacket, but it is, does come with some constraints that will lead to a greater sense of of freedom and joy. Secondly, I do think marriage should be an adventure. So I think if you're looking at your marriage and not feeling very adventurous in it, I think that's something to talk about. What do I mean by adventure? I think there should be excitement in the marriage. I think that um, there should be these shared memories created. Um, I think that there should be plans for the future together. What are we going to, what are we going to accomplish next? What are we going to tackle next? I mean, an adventure could be, we're going to climb that mountain. That's adventurous. Mountain climbing is adventurous, but what are the metaphorical mountains in life that we're going to climb together? What's that adventure? And that can be almost anything. And in that way, the adventure of marriage should continually be inspirational, that I should find inspiration from both my own marriage and from my spouse. And I think that if you, if you are no longer doing that or haven't been doing that, that's something to talk about. Second, we've already alluded to this, or th- I guess this is third. Third, we've already alluded to this. Marriage should be really a center for personal growth. It should be a, a, a machine that you're an oven that you're being baked in that should lead to greater personal growth. Is that constraining in some ways, but it's, it's, it's constraining with a purpose for a desired outcome that you're different than you were when you went into it. Life in general is a journey of personal growth. And marriage is like the accelerator of that growth process. It will, it will stretch you and bend you and refine you and, and sand you down in some really important ways, unlike any other thing in your life. So it, it really is a center for personal growth. And I don't know, you know, I was talking with some friends earlier today about weddings and weddings are such big events in the life of a new couple but have very little to do with the actual marriage have very little to do with wedlock (laughs) have very little to do with, you know, you are now entering into a covenant of, of a center for personal growth. And I just don't know, I hope we're preparing couples well enough for how, for the impact that marriage is going to have on their life way beyond the wedding. Fourth, um, marriage should be a a safe harbor. It should be a place to come home, to come in from the storm. You know, it should be a place when when the seas are raging and the storms are crashing, a safe place to go and and rest and refuel. So your your marriage should be a place that you turn to when you need support. Marriage should also be kind of this launching pad that sends us back out into the world, you know? Picture picture like a circus ring, a circus tent and and the 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 high the high wire walker, is that what it is called? High wire? What's that thing um, called? Sure. High, wire high line walker. walker. Yeah. So the tight high rope. line tight rope walker. The tight, tight, rope. tight rope, yeah. Couldn't come up with the word. The tight rope walker. The tightrope is the thing that you're going to accomplish in life, either today or this month or this year. The tightrope is the thing. So marriage is both the ladder to get you up there, like you can do it, you can do it, you can do it, and it's the safety net underneath, just in case. Marriage should be both of those things. It's the Mm. thing, it's the thing that gets you up and gets you going so you can go out of your marriage and and do the things in life that you're called to do and to return home to for rest and refueling. It's both of those things. Um, marriage should be a, a comforter on my, my bed. I sleep with a comforter and marriage should feel like that. Like it's a soft, warm, cozy, comforting, loving place. At the end of the day, Eric, marriage should be home in the, in the best sense of the word.
0: Mic drop. I got uh, how do I add to that? It was
1: beautiful. That's it, man.
0: I mean, that's, that's the wrap up right there. So, um, yeah, marriage is limiting when you make the decision to, um, commit to one person, you're limiting yourself. And it's in that limitation that, uh, I think that, um, I agree with you that you can really start to experience joy in a way that you've never experienced it, experience intimacy in a way that, that you've never experienced it. Um, Experience peace to a certain degree, knowing that that person there, I know my wife will love me regardless of what happens, regardless of what I do. There's that, that that's, that's, that's kind of liberating actually that I can not have to be,
1: um, you don't have to be perfect. You could screw up. Which I do. It happens. She'll be there. She'll be there for you. That's You'll be beautiful. there for her. It's beautiful. So oh. um,
0: so confinement, constraint, commitment. I'll um, take it. It's a means to liberation to a certain degree. That's beautiful, man. Thanks for sharing that.
1: This is building us.
0: Invest in your relationships.
1: Dr. Matt Morris maintains an active private practice for couples and families in the greater New Orleans area. To learn more about his work, visit DrMattMorris.com. Eric Garcia can be found online at Plan-Wisely.com. His branch office is located in New Orleans, Louisiana. The branch phone number is 504-218-5479. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through New Century Financial Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance services offered through Garcia Financial Group, LLC. Entities listed are not affiliated.